This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories and watch it. My God. <laughs> You're so vicious, so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hoe. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Oh, uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? Oh, it is a beautiful, wet summer day. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Very, very late summer. We've got two weeks of summer left, and it's trying to fight back. But then winter and spring and fall at the same time. Yeah, I don't get it. Like you know, as mid thirty year olds, late thirty year olds do, we talk about the weather and how weird it is, especially yes. if you're in California. <laughs> and uh, we were just talking about how uh the entire weekend was just an uh a different day. It felt like a different season. We got uh, hot, steamy summer weather one day, and and today we woke up with uh overcast and rain it's uh it's only in california right and earlier on in the week we had two record low high temperatures like two days in a row it was the record low for september uh it was like 79 one day and 80 another day and then yesterday it was like 103 and now today it's raining uh this is not normal for us guys this is like if you're not in southern california never lived in southern california it is like from march until october it's 85 to 105 and then from october until march it's 70 to 80 (laughs) and right now we're getting everything in between it never rains here on a normal year this year we got we've got like uh, where where i am in riverside average rainfall is under 10 inches of rain we got five inches in one day a couple weeks ago (laughs) and we had uh, <clears throat> I think by February already achieved the average rainfall for the year. So we've got like double the normal amount of rain in, in Southern California as any other year for the last recorded, whatever we had our third tropical storm in recorded history of like 200 years. I don't know. I don't know. In, in June, it was like 68 at some point. Like it is the stupidest weather i've ever seen i'm not mad at it because usually from like i work outside too so like usually from june until the end of september i hate life this year has been like what the fuck i don't know yeah i mean you know the weather is weather in california it's it's always a lottery and you know this is our show cole it is a wrestling show and i've heard of cold opens i've heard of hot opens but we did a warm open because all we did was talk about temperature (laughs) and weather and uh as well the weather outside is weather yes and you're under the weather as we record this so you're a bit of a trooper today sir and speaking of cold and hot i'm going to give you the hot tag here and uh basically uh you know the world of wrestling is on uh is 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 kind of chaotic you know it's it's hotter than it's been in a while in a lot of ways as far as like ticket sales and ratings you know especially today's uh media consumption era if you will but uh 
you know, any sort of new developments? Have you caught up on all the wrestling uh, since we talked about the big news in uh, in the wrestling world? So, uh, yeah, the, the CM Punk fired news? No, I really haven't followed. I, I saw they brought Brian Danielson back. I did not watch this pay-per-view. Did you watch? Oh, my goodness. I was about to ask. I was like, did you go all out, all in on All Out? Uh, uh, you did not watch All Out. No, I watched All In. I'm like, I'm not watching All Out. There was like, there were no matches I wanted to see. The main event was fucking Orange Cassidy and fucking Moxley. That was like, questionable. I'm not why paying you... fifty bucks for that. <laughs> why <laughs> would you go home with that match? Was my was my big takeaway from that show. Uh, Kenny yeah. and uh, uh, Takesha should have definitely closed that show because I was dead tired after that. I, I think so, but even then, Takesha at this point is like, okay, this guy's a lot of potential, but he's mid card. You know, whatever, and and but it's the only thing that kind of was built up besides maybe Hobbs, and, and uh, oh, uh, Hobbs, Miro. Hobbs and Miro for me stole the show. Like that was <laughs> such a pleasant oh, I surprise. That was such a pleasant surprise, especially when you have the entire crowd just in on the gag that uh, big meaty men are slapping meat every time yeah. they hit each other. They would just yell meat. It was, the... <laughs> and it just completely. It's like you know. I'll, you know, uh, don't, uh, hey, blue, uh, Bleacher Report earmuffs. I'll give you my pass where you can just watch all out for my for my account. Uh, oh, okay, <laughs> it's great. yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, Sounds yeah. Good. We'll bleep that uh, out. But... Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I oh, think you uh, shouldn't share passwords, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. terrible. Uh, but sh- share this podcast with your friends because we'd like to uh, make some money. But speaking of making money in podcasting, like, uh, I'm so glad we didn't get wrapped up in cast media. Like, have you been, have you, I mean, I know you listen to Corny as much as I do. Have you been enjoying him just verbally eviscerating cast media? Oh, yeah. And I, I and I really uh, sympathize with our, one of our heroes, Conrad Thompson, for having such a, so similar name. And everyone. Oh, that sucks. And, yeah. yeah. And everyone, uh, kind of, there's been quite a few instances where people have confused the two. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Conrad Thompson is not the same person as Colin Tom son. Yes. Not nearly the <laughs> no same P. person at all. And I'm glad that this is like trickling out to other people because if you're a fan Yeah, Theo Vaughn yeah. yesterday uh dropped a dropped his version of what's going on and they owe him hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like it's insane. This company owns owes millions and millions of dollars to dozens of people and they're about to become this gigantic thing they're like they're they're going to get completely bailed out by podcast one who is also not a reputable podcasting company come to find out ladies and gentlemen in all of this and like i did i just i don't understand how these how these rich fucks who aren't even really rich they're just ripping people off like this dude ran a ran a ponzi scheme kept everyone's money when things got tight and like is just living on this high horse and he's about to get bailed out and make fifty million dollars for running a bullshit scam of a company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's definitely this whole concept is just basically him looking for an escape from all of his yeah. all the money he stole. He's uh he's looking this he's looking at this as like a little getaway investment that he hopes this podcast one merger is gonna like uh really yeah. pay back everyone for all the wrongdoings he's done. But I think he's kind of fucked when uh, lawsuits start trickling in. Well, I mean, he's already got two lawsuits that they lost. Like, they already owed, like, $20 million to people that they don't have and can't pay. And so, like, I, this is insane to me how volatile 
the podcasting world has become all of a sudden after it blew up and became this big industry. So like, luckily we found this out before our podcast blew up and became a thing and we got locked into a contract with one of these fuckers, but. <laughs> oh yeah. And you know, and definitely our, uh, our, they won't stop knocking on our door to get us to sign these big, these big contracts that uh, we're, uh, we're dodging from these scam artists. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> but we're open to read some. If anyone has any long-term yeah. contracts, I'm open to hear I'm open to hear you out. Yeah. yeah, if anyone wants to monetize this for us, that'd be great. I have no problem with extra income to do something we're already doing for fun and for free anyway. So <laughs> Yes, and you know, and speaking of doing this for fun, you know, we we've, we've been a tag team as podcasters. We've been a tag team in the ring, but we get to discuss tag teams even further today because we're doing a top 10 list that I'm still shocked that we never actually done before considering all of our awesome content. The the near 150 episodes Cole we have not done a top 10 tag teams before uh we've done every category in the books well almost we have more <laughs> plenty more trust yes. me yes yeah don't worry <laughs> we got all kinds of fun top 10 lists coming oh yes but uh, like one as clear as this is so just mind-boggling that we haven't discussed before and I'm excited to talk about it today what say you I I feel like we could do a top 10 list from like four different eras like we could do an 80s top 10 a 90s top 10 and then you know a, a, a early we could do every decade 80s 90s aughts and the and to current and we would never we would still debate and argue and we i mean the and then we're following this up with our you know a sister episode where we're gonna completely devalue our fucking top 10 list and argue and, <laughs> and probably come up with a completely different answer next week to who the greatest tag team of all time is but it's gonna be fantastic like that's how insane this is like I i'll just gonna be honest and when we do our top 32 team list there's not gonna be any teams from the 70s even though they belong there but like just realistically here's the the, the biggest problem with pro wrestling is that like before the 80s and like mid to late 80s not even like early 80s there's not a lot of video that exists like there is some stuff there's a lot of good stuff on on wwe network on the cock where you can watch mid-south you can watch uh atlantic championship like there's a lot of really good stuff but you just like there's so many tag teams that we just don't have enough video on like young blood and steamboat the fabulous kangaroos you know, some the, the destroyers like they're the, probably deserve to be in the conversation of greatest tag teams of all time. But like, there's just not enough video for us to go back and say, oh, yeah, they're way better than the Hardys or whatever. You know, I'm just as an example. So, you know, full disclosure, we're, we're doing a, a top 32 from the 80s to current. Uh, and there are some current teams making the list, which is great. Um yeah, Vince has done everything in his power to kill tag team wrestling, and it hasn't happened yet. So, <laughs> well, we're we're are, are, are we, we done with the Cola's old segment? <laughs> no, it's not that I'm old. I just appreciate the history of the business. Like, uh, um, another thing, uh, just while I'm riffing, uh, everyone everyone does the Mount Rushmore thing wrong because. There's a very specific meaning to the four people on Mount Rushmore. George Washington stands for the foundation of our country. And then uh, who's next after Washington is uh, we got Lincoln Roosevelt and Thomas Jefferson. So Jefferson was like he solidified 
that's his spot. He's like the solidification of everything. And so, like, if you're doing a Mount Rushmore, you have to go back and find the father of what is current day professional wrestling. So if you're doing a Mount Rushmore, you have to start with Luthez or uh, Gorgeous George, depending on what you think professional wrestling is. George so, like, Hackenschmidt. Right, exactly. Perfect. That is the That's only a perfect answer. example. George Hackenschmidt, yes. the, the world of pro wrestling was actually made up and, uh, you know, in the Carney days because of this dude. This guy, right. this guy was a local freaking strongman in the in the fairs or the whatever the fuck and carnivals or whatever, just beating all these people's asses. And someone had the wild idea of like, hey, you know, this would be more interesting if you gave if you gave these guys a little before you beat them. And then, all of a sudden, pro wrestling is like like just the concept is born. And from then on, then so if you're talking about like the founding father, go back to the whole thing where it was kind of made up upon. So no one talks about George Hackenschmidt. I'm so proud of you right now. I think I have a little tear in my eye. Ronald just pulled a George Hackenschmidt reference on the show. Like, I, I've i never been more proud of you in my life. <laughs> I'm a wrestling historian. I know wrestling history. I just happen to cater to the people that know what oh, yeah, yeah. everyone I mean, knows. <laughs> yeah. Everyone that's going to be listening to the podcast right now is guys, is people our age, maybe a little <laughs> older and younger that uh uh you know have been watching wrestling since the 80s or 90s it's like realistically on the grand like as far as national tv and national promotions go that started in the 80s so if, if you go back before that it's if you're talking to anyone older you know a generation older than us they only know their territory guys like a lot of people like i can't tell you how many people i talked to that tojo yamamoto is like the first name that comes up when they talk about it, anyone that's in their fifties or older, because they grew up, you know, in, in, in one of those territories where Tojo was a big deal. Like he was a big deal in the AWA for a long time. And then he was down in Memphis for a long time. Like, <clears throat> so you get a lot of people that like that's their point of reference. And it just depends on what part of the country you're from. Like Freddie Blassie is one of those guys. If you grew up in California, that's the guy, you know, like it's just insane, but Ronald with the George Hackenschmidt, that is amazing to me, and I love you for it's it. It's literally how so. pro wrestling was invented. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but I, I would say if we're going to go modern-day wrestling, like the father of what wrestling is now is probably Gorgeous George because oh, yeah. he was the first one who took it from being just like a sport to being entertainment yeah yeah on top of that if you're gonna it's it's either him or if you're gonna dial back like the whole sports entertainment concept that dude was the first one for sure yeah it's either him or buddy rogers like it's one of those two guys and they both kind of did the same thing you know he buddy rogers is the original nature boy so anyway that's enough of my mount rushmore diatribe so (laughs) yeah it's the dawson soapbox hour Yes, it is. That was that was my lump of coal for the week. And now we have a top 10 tag team list in the history of ever. Ronald, would you like to go first or would you like me to open this thing? Oh, up? I'll go ahead and open it up because I think I'm going to set one of these by with, with my pick because I think this is probably the most recent I'm going to go just because I think this is for these two considering the landscape of their careers today this is probably going to be their best run ever and you know ever i think uh 
and it, it, the whole thing happened on accident, and I think they're going to be the last great like WWE-created tag teams for quite some time. And I'm going to go with Sheamus and Cesaro, the bar. Wow, okay. I was not expecting to hear that today. I, I think the bar is uh, one of those teams that had a great run that gets overlooked because it was just kind of in that era of who cares. Exactly. You know, like. It, yeah, it's in that era where people there there wasn't anything interesting going on and they just they had a great run. And they were a tag team for like two years. They were the top guys. Yeah, tag I team mean, wrestling it, felt like it was dead in WWE and they were like just a breath of fresh air. So I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna use an opportunity to talk about this team where I I literally believe I don't think Sheamus and Cesaro are gonna have an equal run as they did as this team. They were like on top of the world and actually got a tag team title match at WrestleMania for the first time in years. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I I'm I'm talking about the bar today. Good team. No, that yeah, that's great. I'm I'm and if that's the most recent you're going, I'm going way more recent than you, uh, because I think that this team has already proven they're one of the all time great tag teams. And I feel like, but you know, in another five ten years, they might be able to elevate themselves a little higher on this list. But I'm going to open up with FTR, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I think <clears throat> when you look at what they've done for the last two years, the feud with the Briscoes, what they just did with um, J, uh, Jay and Juice, and and even if, if you put the three matches with the Young Bucks, which I think everyone feels like a left a little bit to be desired. Um, I, I've <clears throat> And what they did with, with DIY and everything, I, I feel like FTR has to be mentioned at this point as one of the great tag teams of all time. And their, their run is just, you know, in the middle of it. I think they've still got enough. I mean, their contracts, I think still have three and a half more years on it. So I feel like we're going to get at least another half a dozen or more uh, great tag team matches. And <clears throat> whether we want to admit it or not, those rumors about edge have something to it. So if Edge really does want to go to AEW because he has a list of dream matches he'd like to get in, and FTR is one of them, the Young Bucks is one of them, I feel like we have one more Edge and Christian run in you know in our future. Uh, so that could be interesting as well. So I think FTR really has an opportunity to go down as one of the great tag teams of all time, not to mention the Hardys are there, so that's the thing that could happen too, so... Yeah, FTR is such a throwback too, and it's and they're a prime example of the old school stuff works. You know, they can they yes. can hang with the modern wrestling today and still go. And yeah, uh, and we're talking about these guys right now. Who knows where they'll end up ten years from now? They they are well on their way, and they probably already are considered the greatest tag team of all time. And I would not argue <clears throat> based on their based on the scoreboard. So, right, so. right, and and a lot of that's because again we don't have like the fab like we don't have a lot of the the early '80s stuff with the Midnight Express, the Fabs, you know, even the Rock and Roll Express. There's a lot. I mean, there's enough video that we can talk about those teams today, and we will. But uh, yeah, my number ten, FTR. Fantastic. So that's going to bring me my bring me to my number nine. Now, Cole, my number nine is probably going to be on my list and my list alone. And probably my number 10 is definitely on my list and my list alone. But this particular group of people, uh, when they were in a blood feud against each other and I had their action figures, I dreamt and fantasized that this was going to be a team. Uh, and they were in my little action figure federation, despite what the storyline was telling. But eventually it actually came to fruition. But I'm going to go on record and say that I had the concept first 
in my bedroom, in the ring, when I birthed, without the name, of course, because the WWE coined the name. But I'm going to go with Kane and The Undertaker, the brothers of destruction, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and and they had a great run. Uh, I'm sure they were tag champs at some point, yeah? I'm sure. Had to be. Uh, you know. I, I feel like they, did, they had to be. But, I mean, it's one of those things where you put two guys together. Now you, I mean, you have a main event tag team and that everyone in the world would absolutely believe could beat anyone at any time uh because who's going to beat kane and the undertaker really like i mean it's and and it's it's a group where these characters were both so well protected and 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 handled with with care and love um you know kane was never the top guy, but he was always like that next slot down where he was the guy protecting the heavyweight champion, so to speak. You know, kind of like Tito Santana for Hulk Hogan back in the day. And, uh, you know... Uh, there was like a 10-year yeah. stretch where Kane was always the first heavyweight champion defense. Right, right, Whoever right, yeah. won the he, title, he, yeah. Kane was the first obstacle. Yes, yeah, pretty much. And, you know, good on Kane. He made a lot of people, you know... I, I don't think he gets enough credit for being as good as he actually was. The, like, yeah. I can't think back and ever find a match that Kane had that was like terrible. You know, like, you, you don't, there's not a lot of classic Kane matches that you think, like, oh man, that's an all time great. But like, when you think back about Kane, you were never mad yeah. to see him. He is the and largest. The match was always solid. Yeah, the it, largest it utility yeah. player ever in the history of wrestling, also with a great gimmick. <laughs> yeah absolutely so yeah look, look, i'm good with giving taker and kane some love brothers of destruction solid pick they they definitely were were close to my list you know they're right there in that honorable mention so oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna give you some swerves in this one <clears throat> yeah i i think mine is gonna be pretty solid you probably could have guessed most of the tech teams on mine my number nine maybe the the best working team of all time i i would say that their, their matches uh go down in history the stuff they did with the heart foundation uh before dynamite kid became super injured but the british bulldogs lady gentlemen my number nine tag team uh you know very very close i there there are not a lot of better tag teams work-wise that also felt dangerous and like they could hurt you like i i to me the bulldogs are like one of the gold standards of what in ring work bell to bell can should look like. And uh, I just, you know, cause Davy boy had some really great classic singles matches as well. You know, two of my favorite matches all time are, are bulldog and regal. And, and of course the two Brett um, title matches with bulldog, um, you know, from Wembley and then SummerSlam or was it, was it SummerSlam? No, it wasn't. It, well, I mean, SummerSlam 92. Mm. No, it, be, it was a Beware of Dog. Uh, yeah, I think it was Brett. But Brett, they had a bloody main event world title match. It's incredible. Uh, a lot of people think it might be better than the Wembley match, which is historical. I would go out of your way to watch it later. But then Dynamite Kid, Jesus Christ. Like, he was the guy that everybody in the business was getting his, his tapes with Tiger Mask. And uh, I mean, they wrestled in Japan, they wrestled at Madison Square Garden, and they stole the show every freaking time. And it kind of became the gold standard in the 80s of what pro wrestling can be. And then they put these two together in a tag team. And it's just insane. Like if you can get a best of British Bulldogs in Japan, 
they wrestled the Steiners, they wrestled the Malenko brothers. Like, there's some absolutely incredible shit. And in for my in my personal opinion, might be the greatest bell to bell tag team of all time. Yeah, and that's highly regarded by a lot of people in the industry. And they didn't have a long run. And uh, I mean, and they're another team that's a victim of just not a lot of footage. You know, yeah, a lot of their stuff is like you have to ho- go out and find. You know, YouTube is your yes. friend for this for sure. But uh, yeah, a team that doesn't really get talked about quite a bit, uh, just because they're an '80s team, and like you know, Bulldog singles run gets more uh, gets more talked about, gets more airtime than uh, the the tag team, the uh, the Bulldogs, which is unfortunate because you know when you talk about tag team wrestling, they're like the blueprint. Plus, they had a sweet manager. You know, I'm surprised we didn't talk about uh, <laughs> you know, what was the dog's name? Matilda. 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 Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The the pressure to have that dog with him at all times had to be something. But I'll tell you what was something is my number eight because my number eight was the resurgence of one character and the catapult for the company trusting the other guy to be a top guy because of the personality boost that this man uh, absorbed and implemented into his craft and. Uh, Guess what? Kane's back. I'm talking about Team Hell No, ladies and gentlemen. That is definitely a pick. Uh, <laughs> that was not expected here today, but uh, it's a fun tag team. It, you know, it, you're right. Um, I feel like this tag team is very integral in getting Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, uh, elevating him to the main event spot. Because uh, I feel like, the company bought into him as far as his in-ring abilities and his ability to do what it takes to get people over and have good matches. But I feel like this run with Kane unlocked his personality, like you said, and elevated him to where they thought, oh, you know, we can put this guy in main events and he'll be fine. And I think this elevated him to Kane level where the company trusted him. And and then, you know, from here, it gave him the springboard to become the top guy. So, yeah, I, I, I think this is an important tag team in the history of the business. And I'm not mad at it at all. And not to mention our good friend Scorpio Sky was Howard the therapist that got them to be on board as being a tag team. <laughs> Absolutely. That's fantastic. I forgot about that, but I might try to go find those vignettes and see if we can uh, see if I can watch that. Shut up, Howard. oh all right so my number eight i know this one's probably not going to make your list um but and this is the opposite of the bulldogs i think this is the team other than you know terry gordy who's fucking phenomenal in the ring this was a team that was that just got so much heat was such a a larger than life character that was so over the top that it made it a big deal and they broke box office records everywhere in the early 80s everywhere they went they reignited the Von Erichs, uh WCCW. Um, when they came to town, they went to Memphis and sold out. And then had maybe the, sh- the well, they had the second shortest run in the history of the WWF. Uh, the fabulous Freebirds, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm glad we're talking about the Freebirds because, you know, they are, you know, for you young kids out there, they are the big motivator for the New Day who is also the the creative team's top faction of all time, you know, solidified and agreed upon. Um, but, yeah, the Freebirds, what, can you, what can't you say? We talked about Michael P.S. Hayes as one of the best managers ever with his Hot Topic gear and getting the, yes. getting the Hardy Boys over. Uh, 
you know, uh, Doc Hendricks. You know, that was my introduction to uh, Michael PSAs was Doc Hendricks and that his sweet participation in the Austin 316 interview to this day. Uh, I still can't I still can't get yeah. that face out of my mind. But, you know, Freebirds, I, I don't have a lot of education on the Freebirds other than like a montage of promos that were hilarious. Yeah. And plus the the music, you know, Bad Street yes. USA is one of the best songs ever uh, if you're a wrestling fan. So solid pick, guarantee it's going to make the final list just based on, uh, you know, credibility in the tag team world versus my, uh, what seems to be so far a super group of uh, people. <laughs> of Yes, a super group of kind of thrown together tag teams. <laughs> but all top guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, that's kind of been the WWE MO since the 90s. They really haven't had a focus on actual tag teams and and they just go go through the go through life putting together guys that they don't really have much else to do with at the time and then they make them a tag team and then they're the tag champs and they have a run and then the tag team blows up to to you know start a feud and then they move on so well that's gonna bring me to my number seven cole <laughs> because you know this is probably only suitable for my list and it really is suitable for your description right now and like this is drenched in nostalgia for me way at my peak fandom and this was like the best segments of raw and like nostalgia like this really warms my cock cock cocks cock <laughs> and i'm talking about booker t and gold dust baby i <laughs> you know booker t is gonna go down in history as the one wcw character where vince mcmahon looked at him up and down and said okay and just do nothing else. Don't change this. We're even going to take his music. And, he, and you know what? We're just going to let him do his thing. Like, they didn't mess with Booker T at all. And I felt like WCW had, like, one character where it was just, like, a perfect character on a silver platter. And they, ha and they had Booker T. And they, they really treated him well. And, like, you can look back on this in a weird fashion. But this was a weekly segment on Raw for, like, an entire year. And it was supposed to be a joke. But it ended up being... A catapult for Booker T and a resurgence for Goldust. Uh, now, this this is probably, this might be the most entertaining tag team in WWE history. If I'm being honest, uh, b this is one of the last times that I was like, I got to watch every week to see what the fuck they're going to do. And it's funny, I just saw a shoot interview uh, with Goldust, Dustin Rhodes, uh, a couple days ago, uh, where they were talking about, how ridiculous this character was, but it was funny. And, and it was all born off of the Howard's, uh, not Howard Stern, sorry. Um, the TV show, Jerry Springer, ladies and gentlemen, he had done a show um, where all they had was like 10 kids with Tourette's and Dustin happened to see this episode and watched it. And he saw the humor in it, <laughs> let's say, and, and so he started doing it kind of as a gag. Um, and the guys would be like, oh, man, sorry, you, you be careful with him. He's got Tourette's. Don't mind him. It's, you know, he can't control it. And he would just get say just the weirdest shit to people in the world. And, and Booker T was one of the guys that was in on the joke and he loved it. And then it just like, I don't, it, it, it kind of probably like a John Cena thing where somebody saw it and and was tickled by his rapping abilities and so they made a character for him they you know they, they were tickled by the gold dust thing and they turned it into a character and it was great you know the guy got to go on and say, say dick 20 times in a row on television 
uh, because he had threats. Yeah, and how they got there is they electrocuted him, and that was just the yes. the, uh, the fallout of uh, the effects of the, that electric electrocuting. Yeah, this now this gimmick probably wouldn't fly today. Uh, I think the world has changed a little bit in the last ten to twelve, fifteen years. A little bit that uh, I don't think this would make air uh, anymore. But uh, I'm glad we have it. I'm glad it exists because it was thoroughly entertaining, and uh, you know. For a personal favorite list, I'm not mad at it. It's really, it's what it might be the most entertaining team in the history of the company. I'm not going to lie. And it just so. goes to show what the tag team concept can do for two singles guys. Exactly. Exactly. So, my number seven. Now, this is one a lot of people would think would be higher on my list. Uh, it might be higher on your list. This is the first tag team I think probably might make your list because. It involves Brett the Hitman Hart. Ladies and gentlemen, the Hart Foundation is my number seven. Now, Brett Hart, everyone knows that listens to this, that Brett Hart is the golden standard for me and Ron. We both think he is the best professional wrestler that's ever lived. Um, but my problem is the Hart Foundation happened before my fandom. And so, like, everything I discovered about the Hart Foundation was after the fact that Brett was the world champion and my guy and like my singular guy, I did. I, you know, Brett was already the guy for me. So him as a tag team was kind of like, eh, okay. But the anvil adds a lot of personality and fun to the tag team. It's one of the first tag teams I saw where like, you know, cause the rockers were the same. The bushwhackers were the same, you know, natural, uh, natural disasters were the same. Legion of doom were the same. These guys were complete opposites. Brett was like the technical wrestler, you know, didn't have a, didn't show a lot of outward personality. And he went out there and wrestled and did his job. Even as a heel, you know, he did, he was a technical heel. And then Anvil was just a ball of energy, house of fire. Like he was the hot tag master and he looked like a world beater because just look at the guy. He looks like a fucking brick house. Like it was like the first tag team for me where it was opposites attract and the guys really complemented each other, um, you know, and filled in the gaps. And so as a unit, they became one complete thing and we don't get that a lot and and, and even today we st we don't get a lot of opposites tracks tag teams but i think it was like the precursor for team hell no a team like that where you got this big strong power wrestler and then you've got the technical fast quick guy and 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 i think we need more of that in tag teams um but the heart foundation again one of the greatest bell to bell tag teams you're not going to my favorite wrestling tag match of all time that I've ever seen is from an, an L.A. sports arena uh, house show that was televised or recorded. At least it's the Rougeos versus the Hart Foundation. It's 30 minutes and it's about eight minutes of the Hart Foundation out wrestling them. And then it's about 15 minutes of Brett taking heat, desperately trying to make a tag. And they pulled out every trick in the book. You know, the ref didn't see the tag. You know, they, they pulled the guy off the apron. They did every spot to cut off blocking that tag. And for 15 minutes, they built up to finally Brett being able to make that hot tag. And it's just the most perfect tag team wrestling match I've ever seen in my life. Still to this day, it's my favorite one. So, 
Heart Foundation is my number seven. Yeah, Heart Foundation is a solid pick. One of the best tag teams ever. And I, like you, you know, Brett was already my guy. So going back and reviewing Heart Foundation matches, it just felt less than. It felt like he was sharing the spotlight. But, you know, as you grow older and, like, appreciate the business more and appreciate putting together a match, that was a fresh take on a tag team like you said the opposites attract you had the personality and the powerhouse of uh jim the anvil nightheart and then you had the technical assassin of brett the hitman heart and the and the whole concept of him trying to like calm him down when he gets a little too amped up is is such a good uh play i i thought like you know brett look, seemed a lot more comfortable cutting promos being next to a family member than you know when they finally gave him the ball and he started cutting just you know white meat babyface promos so yeah, solid pick. Heart Foundation, how can you argue when you're talking about the greatest tag teams in the world? You know, except when you're talking about another fellow Canadian who is going to be in my number six, and, you know, he's one of the most decorated tag team champions of all time, Mr. Edgeward. And, uh, yeah, definitely going down in history with one of the tag team specialists. And I'm talking about rated RKO, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes, yes. When Degeneration X was running wild in the PG era, they uh they really needed a super group to, uh, for Vince McMahon to take down those uh you know childish 40 50 year olds. So they hired the Rated R superstar <laughs> and uh and uh, Randy Orton and they became Rated RKO. And this tag team was uh was cool. It was a good visual, but the best part about them for me was the music. This was when they first started like fusing together wrestlers music into like a mashup. And this was like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. this was like the first time where I was like, that's going on my playlist immediately. Where's LimeWire? I'm giving my computer some fucking viruses. <laughs> oh, LimeWire. That's a blast from the past. Oh, did you cut out? Uh, can you hear me? Oh, that, that must have been Christian chiming in saying, what the fuck, guys? Yes, because if, if Edge and Christian are not on this list and uh, rated RKO are, that's an interesting take. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, another team that's great uh, that, that did a lot. I think your recency bias is showing here and your uh, WWE uh, leanings is definitely showing here. And uh, I'm not mad at it. It's a great tag team. This is just one I side of the know. list, Cole. One side of the list. Yeah, yeah. This is just our personal preferences, which is why when we get to the 32 greatest tag teams of all time list, we're going based on facts and not our fandom and our, our personal likes. So maybe not RKO next week, but, you know, we're talking about him today. That's why I love doing the pod. We we get to do our personal favorites and talk about a lot of teams. And here we are at number six Strap on in. my list. We've both done six. We haven't matched on a single thing. And uh, that trend continues, although I feel like for sure this team is on your list, unless you're just trolling me today. But uh, my number six, the Dudleys, ladies and gentlemen, the most decorated tag team in the history of sports entertainment. They've won 30-something world tag titles. Uh, The only team ever to be the ECW, WCW, WWF, uh, NWA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring of like they've held every tag title known to man, and uh, it's almost inarguable that they belong on a top ten list for sure. Most people would say a top three list. If you're not talking about the Dudleys, you're probably insane. But this is a little bit of personal bias here, and. Uh, this is the only team for me of the TLC teams that's on my top 10 list. So 
My number six, The Dudley. I mean, yeah, if you're going by psychology, storytelling, work rate, uh, believability, uh, all of the above, uh, longevity, you know, yeah. uh, you know, in and out of the ring, you know, Bubba's still going today, you know, uh, doing his doing his part to get uh, to have, get a few PCO over right now. Uh, <laughs> it's good shit, and not to mention his work on Busted Open. These guys have always tap danced around the wrestling business, and before they were in the background doing their thing, they were at one point the most decorated tag team in the world, highly regarded amongst their peers and the fans. Yeah, Team 3D, Dudley Boys. Even Reverend Devon and the hardcore version, the hardcore version of Bubba Ray Dudley when they split off, the all, all, all the above, they they do good shit and they don't get talked about enough, even though all the facts are there. Here's here's a take. Um, I think Bubba should be the next great manager yes. in professional wrestling. I feel like if AEW or WWE brought in Bubba Bubba Dudley to be just a a shit heel dick manager it would get over plus it'd be a guy that you know you could have a blow-off match with i think it oh it's a great idea i mean right now you could put bubba in a main event run anywhere and it would get over and it'd be one of the best things just because of him talking and he could still deliver in the ring well enough that the you're gonna get a payoff but uh yeah i think someone should make bubba ray a, a manager yeah, I would I would pay a ticket for that. He's got to manage someone a lot bigger than him though, because there's not a lot of choices out there. Otherwise, he'll get DDP heat where he's like bigger than the guy he's managing all the time. Eh, I think I think it's okay in this day and age. I don't think anyone cares about size anymore so much, but I I yes, I think him managing a monster factory would be great. Him with someone like Hobbs and uh yeah, I I think that would absolutely work and be great. But I, I mean even if he had some little shit like Spike Dudley and was just like bullying this kid, like it'd be great TV. Um it, I yeah, I think we someone should make that's money. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like when Crash and Bob Holly were the super heavyweights, but like most of the match <laughs> most of the match was just Bob beating the shit out of Crash during the match to get yeah. him to do what he's saying. Yep, slap around. That's a great idea. It is. Oh, my gosh. Okay, another great idea, and uh, this would lead me to my number five, and this is undeniable just because you got on one hand, you got one of the greatest actors in the world, and then on the other hand, you got one of the greatest authors in the world, and them as a tag team delivered one of the longest, and I do mean longest, but most highly rated segments in Raw history. I'm talking about the great rock and sock connection, ladies and gentlemen. This one's always funny to me because their entire run is six weeks as a tag team. That's it. They did, you know, a couple of, and most of that was TV segments, not even matches. They had like two matches together and they always get brought up as one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And, and it's just silly. Like, you listen to Mick Foley talk about it and how silly it is that they get mentioned. Like they literally were a tag team for six weeks and ninety percent of what they did was just in ring segments. So like <laughs> it's insane. They're that good. But but like again, it's the second highest rated segment in the history of Monday Night Raw. It's uh one of the most memorable things that's ever happened. Um people love this this run. I mean, they went from a team two guys that had a blood feud for years to all of the sudden just being like the most 
interesting tag team combination, I guess, but also it was great. It showed a different side of Brock. I, I think this is what really solidified him as a tippy top baby face. Like people were into it, but this showed that he had some kind of emotion and feelings where like he really took a liking to Mick. And, you know, at first it started like against the rocks will where Mick was just forcing him to be his friend. And then like they really bonded and got together and rock had genuine love for him. And then it all fell apart and they went their separate ways, but, and it, it's such a short run, but it was so impactful that uh, we feel like in our history that this is like one of the all-time great tag teams and they really weren't a tag team. <laughs> so no pushback then. Final list. This is like, yeah, it would, yeah, maybe not. But like, <laughs> it, it's on a lot of top tens I've seen. It's on a lot of top fives I've seen. It's insane that this little six-week run was so impactful. It just really goes to show you how important star power actually is in pro wrestling it's one of the things that we're kind of missing today people don't act like stars anymore they're not really big time important people where when they do a six-week run everyone remembers it for life you know like this is one of those just brief moments in time that even even though it's only a month or two it just captured the imaginations of the professional wrestling fans and so it gets talked about 30 years later. <laughs> All right. My number five, arguably one of the, you know, this is absolutely, I'm sure there are a lot of people. I know we talked about Conrad Thompson earlier. I know this is his favorite tag team of all the times. My number five, and this was my first world tag team champion when I started watching wrestling because they went to the WWF and the Steiner brothers won the world tag titles. And it was right there in my very first year of wrestling fandom. And so they hold a special place in my heart. But another team that, like, if you go watch their Japan stuff, you watch all the stuff they did in WCW, um, I do believe they had a couple tag matches even in Impact Wrestling or TNA, whatever it was called at the time. Against um, the Dudleys. Yeah, exactly. And, and which is just amazing. We got this dream match nobody ever thought we'd see. Um, or want yeah, to again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone wants to see Rick Steiner anymore. I think he uh fucked himself uh to the point of irrelevancy now, unfortunately. But Eat, brother. the Steiner brothers are my number five. Nice. So. And that's great because you know, when I was a kid, you know, before I was smart to the business and like really paid attention to work rate, I was just all about like the characters and stuff like that. And you know, when they came out, I, the, the music just killed it for me. That just that University <laughs> the of Michigan Mi theme yeah, song, the yeah, the University <laughs> of Michigan, just marching band. It just didn't match with the the intensity I was seeing, and it just kind of ruined it for me. Now I look back, and it's awesome. And uh, what I really started liking the Steiner, Bro Steiner Brothers was during like the WCW era, where they donned like the leather and like the and they became a little more, you know, edgy, and you know, and yeah. all of a sudden, uh, Rick got even more. Uh, Rick and Scott, rather, Scott especially, got even more jacked, and then we eventually got the yeah. big pop a pump run. But the the Steiner brothers and WCW for me was like when I started paying attention very well, and then all the stuff earlier when uh, they looked like uh, a neon '80s rock band. Uh, I <laughs> that I I started paying attention further down the road. Then so solid pick. Yes, uh, good old Connie is well on record saying that is that is his favorite tag team, and it's hard to argue until we talk about my number four, Cole. Now, my number four, 
is uh, it's going to be the who, when, and what uh, portion of the show. Uh, but uh, way back in the day, and I'm talking like a good 2011, uh, uh, a, a team was born just because the box office was just drenched with these guys in the movie business during a blockbuster performance by one man in a, in a movie called Knucklehead and, uh, the, and the Marine Four. Uh, it dawned a, uh, a career that was a lot longer than Rock and Sock Connection, but not at all by much. And I'm talking about The Miz and Big Show, Show Miz. <sighs> you haven't done this to me in a while, so I'm not, I'm not going to take too much umbrage. But... What? I'm talking about stars. I mean, okay. Show Miz. Number four all time. Remember that? No, I, I don't remember this tag team at all. That's <laughs> who, what, and where is, is a good setup for this because I don't even remember that being a thing. I'll take your word for it, but uh, it's the who, yeah. what, where segment of the show. <laughs> all right, Miz and Big Show, number four. It was either right. this or Jera Show. At least I remember that just because of the stupid name. <laughs> the exact reason I remembered Show Miz. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on in the show business, let's talk about my number four. Uh, now, this might be surprising um, to everybody, but, uh, you know, for the entire run of what was WCW, there was one tippy top tag team that lasted from the you know 1990 all the way until it died basically and it created one like we said one of the guys who actually went on to be a star in the wwe which you know didn't happen for anyone else from wcw but i'm going harlem heat as my number four greatest tag team of all time now yes. this is another one even though they're brothers they're kind of a little bit of opposites because Booker T, you know, was doing high flying stuff. He was he was fast, had a lot of action. Stevie Ray get tagged in there and business picked up a little bit. But, you know, it, it, with with solid work, big powerhouse, great stuff. But they had some of the greatest tag matches of all time. One of my favorites is the matches they had with the Nasty Boys, where I felt like it it elevated both teams because I, I feel like it showed that the nasties could really go and really could actually work and were a great tag team. But it also gave a little bit of an edge to Harlem heat and move them in a direction where people go, Oh man, they can, they, they can really go hard. Uh, they can use weapons. They can fight. They can brawl. And, and, and I, I think it added dimensions to both tag teams. I think the nasty boys are my number 11. If I'm being honest for me personally, I know that's not the case for a lot of people, but uh, uh, you know, Harlem heat is really great. I'm glad they're in the WWE hall of fame because no one expected that shit, but uh, yeah, Harlem heat, my number four. And that's solid. And yeah, suckers got to know about Harlem heat and uh, you know, Booker T you say high flying. He was just only a little less jacked than his brother. Uh, freaking yeah. Booker T was like a stout individual even then. And for him to do like the big crescent kicks and like the Harlem hangover, it's a gigantic yep. man doing all those things. And oh, absolutely. Uh, you can tell why he was the breakout star. But Stevie Ray, his contributions to that team are the reason why Booker T is a, a very, very small class of two-time Hall of Famers. So absolutely. Harlem Heat is a solid pick for this list. 
and so is my number three, Cole. Now, my number three has record statistic of their own because they have only teamed one time at WrestleMania and won the tag team championships. And one consistent, and one is one person in this team is an inexperienced man child who can't really wrestle and a little boy named Nicholas. I'm talking about Braun Strowman and Nicholas, the one time ever tag team champions at WrestleMania. Walking off into the sunset with someone who's never been in the ring ever and a little boy named Nicholas. Yes. Oh, you did it to me again, Ron. I, I was with you for this list because I thought, you know, even up to rock and sock, I'm like, okay, it's a little bit it's a little bit uh, strange, but at least at least uh they all make sense. And uh now we're at number three, and you're going Braun Strowman on any top ten list all time. Uh, and Nicholas is kind of, and yeah, and a kid who just stood in the corner and did nothing. This is amazing. He got the um, free count. That's true. I he they he did get to pin the guy at WrestleMania over my number um, ten spot. Yeah, that's the thing that happened. Uh, look at the sure. Look at the stats, Cole. I mean, you're a stats guy. You're a sports guy, right? One yeah, match. One and oh. One match. Never lost. For the never championship. Lost. Undefeated. And not to mention, one of those people never been in a ring ever. Yep. That's a thing that happened. Or in another human being. Probably. Yeah, at that point. Maybe now. Maybe now. Well, definitely that night. I mean, the bragging rights. <laughs> Dude. Nicholas was slaying Poon that night. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, definitely not something I thought we were discussing today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh. oh, just when I thought that this gag was dead, you, you bring it back to life. <laughs> it caught me totally off guard today. <laughs> oh, my number three. <laughs> Oh, uh-huh. you really had me thinking that this list was going to get serious at some point, and it went totally ridiculous. Could, could you please point to me where it became not serious? Miz and Big Show. Point taken. Oh, my number three. Oh. Uh. And this is a team that in more recent years I've become more and more enamored with was not in my fandom for the first probably 10 to 15 years. Although I did love Bobby Eaton from an early age because he's such a great worker. But the Midnight Express, ladies and gentlemen, is my number three tag team of all time. Um, Another team that's arguably the greatest bell to bell tag team that's ever existed whether it was dennis condry or stan lane tagging with bobby eaton bobby eaton is so freaking good that uh he's one of those guys that that honestly if we're having a conversation about the best bell to bell workers of all time bobby eaton deserves to be in that conversation and uh of course when you pair that with our favorite guy jim Cornette, um there's nothing better in pro wrestling than the midnight express um, they maybe didn't get their just due as top as the top tag team uh, because you know 
the Legion of Doom existed, the Rock and Roll Express existed, the Four Horsemen thing happened, so we had Arn and Tully, Arn and Oli. So this team was always kind of that second best heel tag team, and uh, but they did it for a long time. I mean, there was a good ten year run where the Midnight's were the they they were setting records every promotion they went to. They set records in uh, with the Von Erics. They set records in. Uh, for Bill Watts, they set records in Memphis, and then when they got to WCW, they had a great run. Uh, one of the all-time great tag team matches on uh, a pay-per-view, and I think it was with the Fantastics, not the Fabs. It's one of the two. It's either the Fabs or the Fantastics, but uh, it's on one of the 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 uh, Starcades. Go seek it out. I think it's eighty-seven or eighty-eight. Just all-time great tag match. I should know what I'm talking about if I'm going to put it over. But it's there. It's there. It's on one of the Starcades. It's a great match. Um, but, yeah, the Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton, Jim Cornette, and uh, whoever's with them, just phenomenal to watch. It's everything that pro wrestling should be. And uh, if you want to be a great tag team today, you should watch them, much like FTR has. And uh, made that's their favorite tag team of all time, so who am I to argue my number three, Midnight Express. Yes, and if you're going to study them, make sure you study the Bart Gunn, Bob Holly version. That's the best one, bar none. Yeah, uh -huh. The most people yeah. have seen that version. Yeah. Yeah, ignore that version, please. Yeah, <laughs> ignore that part of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Although it's fitting with your list. You might as well throw the new Midnight's out there. What are you talking about? Rockers. This has been a solid <laughs> list filled with top-tier talent. Each person has held championship gold. And my next one is going to be no different because I'm sure I'm surprised we haven't talked about this gentleman's tag team yet because I got arguably the greatest wrestler of all time. And he's got arguably the most powerful person in the history of all things of all time on his team. And much like, well, unlike Braun Strowman and Nicholas, these guys have only teamed one time, but they, but, but they lost. And it, it's, it's, but it's still just on paper. It's the most undeniable team ever on paper and you have the show stealer the showstopper the main event mr wrestlemania himself you got Shawn michaels teaming up for the first time and only time ever god holy shit cole Shawn michaels and god number two tag team of all time according to rock who are you to doubt the lord yep that's the thing that happened once Sean tagged with an invisible man in his corner. And uh, then there was lightning or something. Yep. Cool. You have a very smiteful tone in your voice, Cole. It's Sunday as we're recording this. Well, I mean, I guess if we're being honest, Shawn Michaels and, you know, without Shawn Michaels teaming up with God, we don't get that second run of Shawn Michaels where he had all those great matches and he really solidified himself. Right. Mr. WrestleMania. Right. The devil, so, the devil was getting heat on him the, the entire 90, the entire attitude era. And then like, you know, he, he, he got the hot tag on God. And then we got that whole freaking 2002 to 2010 <laughs> run. That's a good point. That's a good tag analogy. You know, you're solidifying my point even further. Yeah, I, I that's I think that's the only logical thing we can we can use to make this make sense. So we'll just roll with that. So my number two. Uh, now this is where it just comes down to personal taste, and uh, this was my first. Prob this is probably the first team that I really got into. Uh, I Halloween 
once or twice I dressed, this was the character I dressed as, um, you know, and I did the, I, I got the whole, uh, foam, uh, shoulder pads with the foam spikes that they were selling at the time. My mom did my face paint and I was Hawk for Halloween of the Legion of Doom. My number two tag team of all time, undeniable. They still to this day call it a road warrior pop when someone gets just a ridiculous reaction. Uh, this is this tag team set the world on fire on a national stage. Um, you know, we talked about the Funks and Briscoes uh, within the last couple of weeks and how big that like they basically made an entire territory a tag team territory because their matches were so great <clears throat> in the 70s. But here was the first team that once wrestling kind of became a national thing and there was NWA and, and WWF were the leading you know companies in the world. Uh, the, the Road Warriors slash Legion of Doom set the world on fire. They were one of the first teams to win the NWA and the WWF belts, and I'm pretty sure they were their AWA tag champs at some point because they're from Minnesota. But uh, yeah, Legion of Doom uh, captured the hearts and minds of the world of professional wrestling um, and set every territory on fire that they ever went to and were the top, you know, main event drawing card. I mean, the War Games was invented because we had Dusty and the Legion of Doom. We had the Four Horsemen. I, 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 they usually are regarded as one of the top two tag teams of all time, but I still don't think they get the credit that they actually deserve for how over they were, how big a stars they were. And I think honestly, it's because their WWF run was less than, you know, desirable. I, I don't think Vince got it. He didn't get the Legion of doom. It wasn't as good as it could have been. I, I think if Vince would have known what to do with the Legion of doom, they might've rivaled Hogan as the top guy when they came in and uh, could have changed the course of wrestling history, honestly, and made tag team wrestling a much, much bigger deal than it was. But Vince hates tag teams because then he's got to pay four guys instead of two for a match. And so we, you know, <laughs> but Legion of Doom, my number two. Yeah. Uh, Legion of Doom is a solid pick. And yeah, to, to piggyback on what you're saying, they were basically the Hulk Hogan of tag teams. But we're so programmed as WWE fans to consider tag team wrestling less than the the singles yeah. uh, the singles uh, stars. So yeah, it's only natural and fitting for Vince McMahon to completely shy away from that whole division to make his marquee star the main attraction. But yeah, the Road Warrior pop is a term for a reason. It's because no team in history can get that can elicit that type of emotion just by the sight of them. And they're also one of those game-changing attractions in wrestling history to where once they started, there were so many copycats and very, very few successful knockoffs of them. You know, you can debate the Demolition versus LOD all you want, but I think Demolition was the only one that was really successful after the fact. Shit, the Warrior and Sting are often accused of being LOD ripoffs, you know? Uh, yeah. And that's certain. Well, we know that the we know that Warlord and Barbarian were definitely a ripoff of yes. the Legion of Doom, uh, you know, because Demolition was a little bit different. Like they get, they get called a ripoff, but it it, it was different. It, it was. was, and and they were about the same time, maybe a little after the Road Warriors really got hot. So. Um, yeah, because you got the Road yeah, Warriors, the guys who are pain, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because the Road <laughs> Warriors, those guys are obviously on motorcycles and they're fucking people up and they're like a duo. Whereas Demolition, that nah, those guys might fuck. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, with their S&M outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what actually. They're riding something, just I don't think they're bikes. But, uh, well, I mean, we, we definitely tap danced around my list uh, enough, Cole. And, you know, I'm just going to rip. I, I have no idea where the fuck you're going right now. I mean, like, uh, if it's number one. I if couldn't it's, even guess. If it's number one, you know, it's got to be just something that everybody would know and something that would actually belong on a number one in any list whatsoever. Like, any list that you can create, this would be a number one that's worthy of it. Mm-hmm. So. Is it Saturn and Moppy? Oh, dude. If only they actually had a tag <laughs> match. You know, I almost went, well, we'll get there. But uh, I'll snow and this duo, this duo, (laughs) right? This duo right here. You know, there's a good famous story about like one of these people. It was just a mid card guy and he had a lot of credibility and and he on paper, uh, he could beat everyone's ass. But there's just something about the guy that just wasn't clicking. And, you know, no one gave a shit. But there was like mm, a six month run where so many people gave a shit and they were actually buying merch that he was a part of. And uh, when he was approached about it, he's like, hey, what do you think about doing this stupid thing? He's like, I don't care. I'm making the most money I've ever made here. And actually, people know who the hell I am. And I'm talking about the very successful, very short run of, you guessed it, sir, Al Snow. But Steve Blackman, better known as Head Cheese. (laughs) Yes. Head Cheese running wild in the Attitude Era, ladies and gentlemen. Steve Blackman on paper can whip anybody's ass, but no one gave a shit until Head Cheese was born. I don't know where he comes in when it comes to cheese, but uh, they started having the foam heads and the shirts, and Steve Blackman made the most money of his entire career because of the concept Head Cheese, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going with my number one tag team of all time just because of the success rate and what tag team wrestling can do for someone who is squandering head cheese. <sighs> head cheese. What does everybody right. want? They want to put blocks of cheese on their head. Head cheese. Yep. Yeah. Definitely cheese. Lots of cheese in this uh, interesting uh, combination there. I mean, uh, too much, better known as Too Cool, had a match between uh, Al Snow and Head, and because Head and yeah. Shoulders was advertised was sponsoring the event, they pinned Head with a bottle of Head and Shoulders under it. Yep, bro, bro, this is awesome. They pinned right. the shampoo bottle. Uh, uh. Squeeze the life out of it. I don't. I don't know how you always get me to fall for this, but uh, the bottom half of your list brilliantly done to get me comfortable thinking. Ron's got a great list. It's just a little bit uh, more modern than mine. It's more WWE centric. But uh, one tag team on your list that actually like had a real tag run. That was like a legitimate tag team. Oh, now it's the one? bar at number ten, and now nine nothings. That's fantastic. Nine nothings. You got me. I mean, you know, Brothers of Destruction. You know, Team Hell No, <laughs> Booker T and Goldust. Solid. You know. Yeah, you got me today. All right, Head Cheese, greatest tag team of all time, according to Ron. Number one. I'm so I'm so proud that we did this. Uh, the new rockers just... was a close second. <laughs> I 
Oh man. Oh God dang it. You definitely got me. Uh <laughs> all right. So we're just gonna roll with my list for the top ten, or do you have some honorable mentions that uh we could we could add to the ba- the debate? <laughs> oh well, I mean, I got the Basham Brothers. I got uh, Public Enemy, uh, Gemini. Public Enemy, not bad. Yeah. Gemini. Uh, yeah, the Gemini. Yeah, Gemini was great. Uh, who else do I got? Um, oh, the Heartthrobs. Remember the Heartthrobs? Oh, and the very famous Deuce and Domino. Oh yes. Deuce and Domino, yes. solid. Uh, yeah, uh, you know the Golden Lovers. Uh, that, that, there you go. Why is everything golden? Um, yeah. Jr. and King had a tag match. Correct. Uh, the SWAT team. Ooh, yeah. See, the SWAT team. Are we talking about the head? The head. Uh, whatever they call them. Not the the. Uh, whoa. Uh, uh, what's the name of that tag? The Headhunters. That's it. Oh, the Headshrinkers. The, the... Or head? Yeah, no, Headhunters. No, not the Headshrinkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Headhunters that uh, were the SWAT team. Yeah. For like two days. We also got in WWF history. John Cena in B squared. That's a good one. Is it? Uh, you know, how about Road Dog and R Truth? That, how about that's a cool tag? How about the Miz and R Truth? Uh, the Awesome Truth. That's a good one. Was it? Uh, let's see. Yeah, sure. Might as well be. Uh, ICP. How about oh, the Insane Clown Yeah, Posse? definitely a go. contender with head cheese for sure. Absolutely. So Kai and Tai. Um, I mean, it, it, Kai and Tai is a good one. Now, see, Kai and Tai, I would put on. on, on uh, we could put them as number ten, and I wouldn't be mad at it at all. Indeed. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I might give you the bar over FTR if you want to do that. Maybe not FTR. Maybe the Freebirds. I mean, I, I came in here knowing that uh, none of these were getting picked. So if you want to go with your whole list, just so we can go home, pal. <laughs> All right, we have an official creative team top 10 list, Ronald. All right, well, uh, none of my picks were picked, you know, and that's that, that you can, you guys can argue that on the internet, you know, get, get, give Cole your best argument for head cheese because, you know, I'll be on your side, definitely. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think I'm going to make one tweak because you mentioned a team. Um, I think it, as far as, oh, you know, national this is wrestling, Cole getting cold feet on God. You don't, you, yeah, that's you it. don't. That's the one. You don't want to. No, no. You mentioned a good tag team by accident, oh. <laughs> and so I think I think I'm going to give them a spot on this list, um, just because we're talking about national exposure and everything. So there's one team I I think we can scratch off, even though in in reality uh, I think they're a bigger deal. But uh, you know the. The ethers of the the let's say popular wrestling opinions aren't going to agree. So I've got a top ten list. Uh, whenever you're ready. Well, the suspense is killing me, so I'm just going to start rattling off numbers. Number ten, FTR. Nine, the British Bulldogs. Eight, the Demolition, ladies and gentlemen. Seven, the Heart Foundation. Six, the Dudley Boys. Five. The Steiner Brothers. Four. Harlem Heat. Three. The Midnight Express. Two. The LOD. And number one. And number one, I just realized I never actually gave my number one (laughs) because you got me with head cheese. And so presenting the number one greatest tag team of all time, the Rock and Roll Express, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) 
I actually love it. It's actually a big suspense, big buildup. It was one long, just Dilbert dumbbutt of a drum roll, and I'm just going to call it that. And, uh, <laughs> but we did it. We got our shit in, and I do mean shit. And, you know, maybe, and boy, the term Ron gave me head cheese is uh, going to be a shirt. It's going to be our first shirt ever because uh, uh, I would wear the shit out of that. But, yeah, Rock and Roll Express, solid number one. Definitely a number one that would appear on your list. Uh, definitely someone we're going to be talking about the next two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to be having the tag team bracket. 32 entities, all tag team wrestling. We're going to be talking about the 32 greatest tag teams of all time, and we're going to solidify through a two-part bracket the greatest tag team of all time, according to the creative team and a guest to be named later. Don't forget the Darso. No integrity in the bracket. I cannot wait to talk about tag team wrestling for two episodes in a row, Co. In a row, Co. In a row, Cole. What say you? You know, th- this is the reason the Darso rule I- I- exists in the first place, ladies and gentlemen, because we did uh, a greatest tag teams list and we needed to come up with a, a, a gimmick uh, to make it fun for the show. And Barry Darso was... Uh, dubbed the the leader of the rule because of course the darso rule ladies and gentlemen you can uh smash like a blacktop bully you can smash the competition demolish the debate and uh repossess all the votes (laughs) to force your guy through to the next round so i cannot wait for this uh i'm sure there will be darsos in this one because this one once we get to 16 or 8 it's going to be real real uh difficult to decide who's moving on to the next round so i cannot wait for this uh we haven't used a lot of darso in the last couple brackets because they've been a little more fun and uh, a little more uh a little less competitive but i feel like we're going to be competing next week to uh decide who the greatest tag team of all time is uh any closing thoughts before i do an outro oh no sir i am all tagging you in for the outro i am excited to talk about more tag team wrestling we're kind of accidentally dubbing this tag team month and uh what better uh two people to talk about it than former tag team wrestlers themselves all right ladies and gentlemen so thanks for listening this week join us next week for part one of the greatest tag team of all time bracket for ron kilborn i am your host cole dawson saying thank you we love you and good night thanks for listening find us on instagram and twitter at creative team pod or just the creative team on facebook follow cole dawson on twitter and instagram at cole 2130 and follow yours truly at ron underscore killborn we'll see you next week on another episode of the creative team